Hi, and welcome to Koldodi Messianic Congregation's weekly podcast. We meet every Saturday at 11 a.m. at 584 Franklin Road in Franklin, Tennessee. You can find out more information on our website at koldodi.org or watch us live on our Facebook or YouTube by simply searching for Koldodi Nashville. And now, here's Rabbi Ken's latest message. Exodus chapter 25, if you look at Exodus 25, we're going to look at the Mishkan, the tabernacle. So Father, we just thank you. Open our eyes to behold wonderful things from your word, we pray. Amen. The last verse of chapter 25 says that God says, see that you, Moses speaks, see that you make them according to the pattern, their pattern being shown to you on the mountain. Bahar. Let's say Bahar. Bahar. But a few Hebrew words. Bahar is the mountain. One more time. Bahar. Hahar is the mountain. Hahar. Right? He says, see, and the word ra'ah there is see and understand, really, that you make, and a word is create, asa, create them, make or create, everything in terms of the tabernacle according to their pattern you build it uh, being shown you on the mountain so Moses was on the mountain how many days and how many nights right 40 days 40 nights just like the flood the rain was on the was 40 days 40 nights I'm not sure of the significance of that I'm sure there's some interesting significance he says in chapter 24 12 through 18 I counted it seven times Seven times the mountain is mentioned. Seven times, come up to me on the mountain. And Moses rose up along with his attendant Joshua, and Moses went up onto the mountain of God. It's Har HaElohim. Want to try that? Har HaElohim, the mountain of God. Moses went up on the mountain. The glory of the Lord settled upon Mount Sinai, and the cloud covered it for six days. The glory of the Lord was like a consuming fire on the top, or the head, Rosh, of the mountain. Moses entered into the midst of the cloud and went up onto the mountain. So we heard this many times growing up, and of course, if you're Jewish, you, the, the Mount Sinai, everything is you know, focused on this was the biggest event in Jewish history, and according to Judaism. I don't think it was the biggest event, but it's you know, sometimes, always mentioned as the biggest event. And Moses was Bahar, it says, on the mountain 40 days and 40 nights, uh, it, it says, on that mountain. So seven times. And so he says, see that you, he says, when you're going to make this tabernacle, this Mishkan, which is what we're talking about, this sanctuary for me, see that you make it exactly, precisely the way you were shown on the mountain, the way God showed it to Moses the way he conveyed it to the people, gave the specific instructions. So you're not to construct my sanctuary, God says, any which way you want to. You're to build it in the way I've shown you and am showing you because it's a participle 
in the, it's a passive participle in Hebrew, meaning so I'm still showing, I'm still revealing it to you on the mountain. I've given the instructions to Moses. I'm continuing to illuminate by my spirit. That's the way I want you to do it. It's going to be very interesting, the tabernacle, the mishkan. And Lord, help us to give, have understanding of this fresh from your spirit, Lord. Help us to see it in a way we've never seen it before. Now, we have so many real estate investors in Middle Tennessee. I don't know about you, but I know I hear all the time if I'm at a coffee shop here, people are always talking real estate. How about you? You're right? I mean, always hear so many in the Nashville market, the Tennessee, Middle Tennessee market, and we might be tempted to be envious at times. Have you ever been envious? I'm probably the only one. You know, I, I wish I had a lot of properties sometimes. You wish, you know, oh, I have this property, I have that property, I'm investing in this property. Listen, and maybe God has blessed you and praise, and if he has, that praise God and be generous, be, be, you know, with what he's blessed you with. But <clears throat> I would just like to say, how about investing in some heavenly real estate? All right, Yeshua said, that's because, that's part of it too, right? Do not store up for yourself yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal but store up for yourselves what treasures in heaven hashemayim you know heaven in the bible is always in the plural hashemayim it's in the plural just like life chaim plural elohim plural god's name god god himself plural god the word god but heaven is only you know because there are levels of heaven many there's different reasons for that but store in yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves Yeshua said do not break in or steal for where your treasure is there will your what your heart be also Yeshua was he wants us what's best for our health he wants what's best for our eternal health and that's being a smart strategic investor so listen I'm not saying don't invest in earthly things. Do that too as God, if God leads you and he directs you. But invest, but be sure to also, be sure to invest in the most important thing, in heavenly, your heavenly investment, right? Now, parasha teruma, this parasha, this week, begins with a huge fundraising drive. It begins with an offering. Exodus 25, verses 1 through 3. Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Tell the children of Israel to take an offering for me. Yikhu li tirumah, an offering for me. From every man whose heart moves him to give willingly, you shall take my offering. Tirumati. Want to try that? Tirumati? Tirumati. And let's say tirumah. That's the word for offering. We'll explain it in a second. So this is the offering you are to receive from them. And he goes on and starts mentioning gold, silver, and bronze. Just the offering, tiruma, means an elevate. It means something elevated, for room to, to lift, to rise up. Elevated. It's from the heart. It earns great interest. It earns great interest. 2 Corinthians 9, verse 6. have to read these few verses with it. This, the point is this, Paul says, the Apostle Paul, whoever sows sparingly also reaps sparingly. And whoever sows bountifully shall also reap bountifully. Let each one give as he has decided in his heart, not grudgingly or under compulsion, for God loves a what? 
Yeah, a cheerful giver. God wants it to be, you want to do it not because you, you feel forced to or guilt, guilt because you, guilt, out of guilt, but because of grace, because you want to, because it's from your heart. And God is able to, he says, to make all grace overflow to you so that by always having enough for everything, you may overflow in every good work. God is a great, the greatest giver, right? And so he's going to take care of us. He's going to bless us more when we give. And you say, oh, I gave too much. No, he didn't. I mean, God's, you know, God's going he, he to, has, he has all the resources in the world. And so this is, God says, Tirumati, this is my offering, this is what it says here. It belongs to God now, and I no longer have control over the gift I've given once I give the gift. All the donations went to build the tabernacle jointly. No one could say, my gold went into building the menorah and yours for the pole. It all went into one spot, and, and then, they just, then it was decided, wherever it went, it was all jointly. And secondly, turumati means the main contribution was made by God himself. It's my offering. Think about it. God says, it's my offering. I'm the one who first, he first offered himself, didn't he? He sent his son to be the sacrifice for our sins. Ephesians 5, 2 and John, 1 John three sixteen. So he's the one who offers himself first for us and we give back as he's, after he's given to us, Right? So it's beautiful. It's a response. We respond to his, his gift to us, really. But this is how the whole parasha begins, with an offering, with a, as the rabbis say, like a big fundraising drive. You know, fundraisings are, fundraisers are big in Judaism. But, but then he says in verse 8, make a sanctuary, mikdash. Let's say the word mikdash. A sanctuary, a mikdash for me, but that I may dwell or abide among them. The entire purpose of the whole edifice is that God might dwell among them. The tabernacle, God, is at the center. We are around Him. God is at the center. God is at the center. We are around Him. We can't see over the curtains, but we can smell the sacrifices burning. And we can see the smoke ascending. He's at the center. And he's meant to be the center of our lives. He is central, not peripheral. He's central. It was never meant to be the reverse. Me at the center and God catering to me. And I want to say, be careful. Be careful of a spiritual diet that doesn't prepare you for combat. Be careful of a spiritual religious diet in, certain, in religious circles where I'm at the center. It's always me, 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 and God catering to me rather than me worshiping, me catering to God. I'm, and I'm telling you, it's very widespread, isn't it? You can go to a lot of places where that's what the center is. And you'll have very milky teaching and very, nothing that challenges you to grow. And, and, and it doesn't prepare you for combat. It doesn't prepare you for the fires. It doesn't prepare you to survive. And this is why people turn away from God. When I know, I, listen, I deal with a lot of people when I, in, in my, uh, you know, in teaching uh, in certain situations that, that, I've, that have left the faith. I, I see it all the time. And, I, and they were 
very involved in church work and different things. And they, and they say, yeah, I don't, I don't know what I believe anymore. You know, they're, they're, what they received, what they were taught, did prepare them to, to survive when things happen. <clears throat> the, par- the sanctuary, the sanctuary will be the place from which God issues his instructions for Israel. The place for sacrificial worship where the priests, the Kohanim, officiate daily. And the place where Israel can experience God's presence and guidance. It was divided into three zones of holiness and restricted access. The Holy of Holies, the Holy Place, and the surrounding courtyard. Now, the closer to the ark and the Holy of Holies, which was in the ark, the more precious or valuable the materials. I'll repeat, the closer to the ark, the more precious, and the Holy of Holies, the more precious the materials that were used. God's first order of business was to arrange for the housing of the tablets of the Torah, the two tablets. The Decalogue. The parasha reads like an architectural blueprint. Blueprint, precision of design, dimensions, and details. Colors, materials, metals, wood products, fabrics, linen, leathers, oils, and jewels. The Israelites used the resources they had taken when leaving Egypt after over 300 years of slavery, to implement its construction. God wants us to be creators, too, under his inspiration and his guidance. The Hebrew word oseh, like osa, is used when he says make the sanctuary. Oseh, like we say, oseh shalom, bimroma. Oseh means to make, but it means to create. God wants us to be creators. We've been given the gift of creation be creators in his image now the portable tent-like sanctuary portable remember this is portable or mishkan was replaced by a permanent structure when king solomon built the first temple in jerusalem it was destroyed by the babylonians in 586 bc or bce and the second temple by the romans in 70 ce or ad 70 approximately 40 years after Yeshua's death and resurrection. Now, let me ask you this. How big do you imagine the tabernacle or the portable temple was? Size of a football field? A hockey stadium? Predator stadium? I love the fact that it was the size of a pickleball court. (laughs) It really was. A football field <laughs> a football field is 360 feet by 160 feet. A tennis court is 78 by 36 feet. A pickleball court is 44 by 20. And then you have this, the kitchen area, it's 7 feet, the non-volley zone, 7 feet back from the net. The tabernacle was 45 by 15 and by 15 in height. 45 by 15 Almost as high, 44 by 20, the size of a pickleball court. 
The courtyard, now the courtyard surrounding the tabernacle was 150 by 75, well over twice the size. A curtain seven feet high surrounded the tabernacle. Now there are three main terms for the sanctuary. Mikdash, Mikdash, let's repeat, yeah, Mikdash. Mikdash means holy place, where we get Kadesh or Kodesh from, holy. Means, holy means to prepare for task. To dedicate all resources. Then we have Mishkan. Let's say Mishkan. Mishkan. It's where we get Shechna from. The Shechna. The Shekhinah. As Christians sometimes go Shekhinah. Shechna. The, the abode of God. The, the dwelling. The resi- it means to reside with others. And then we have Ohel Moed. Moed. And this is... A Mishkan, by the way, is the tabernacle idea. Ohel Moed is the tent of meeting. The tent of meeting. The tent of meeting and yada, the root uh, there is to arrange, to set specifics. All right. So God desires to dwell among us, but how? What do we need to construct for Him first, for Him to dwell among us? God said, "I, He will dwell among them. He will dwell among them." And notice when it says that in verse 8, he will, I think it's verse 8, he will dwell among them. See, make sanctuary for me that I may dwell among them. It's not I will dwell among it. It's shechanti betochem. Shechanti betochem. I will live inside of them, say the rabbis. Shechan means to dwell, to abide, to live with others. The same word as the mishkan or tabernacle and the root as shechna. The Talmud says this, that the people themselves are the true tabernacle. Doesn't that sound familiar? Like the new covenant? The people themselves are the true tabernacle. The main place for the the, the divine presence would rest it continues, would be inside the Israelites, not in the wood and metal of the tabernacle. Well, that sounds just like what we're promised through Yeshua, through the new covenant. Yeshua said, prayed three times, four times, that we would be one. And he said, that I, he says, I pray, I pray that they may be one, that we may know him, and then we be at one. John 17, he wants to dwell among us and with us and in us. Isaiah 66, the, Isaiah the prophet says, Thus says the Lord, heaven is my throne, the earth is my footstool. Where is the house you'll build for me? Where is the place of my rest? I always love these, verse, these verses. But this one will, this person, this one will I look to one humble and of contrited spirit who trembles at my word. I want to dwell with that person. That's where I want to rest. That's where I want to be. Yeshua said, if anyone loves me, if a man loves me, a woman loves me, a person loves me, he will keep my word. My Father will love him and we will come and make our dwelling with him. John fourteen twenty three. The purpose of the Mishkan was to provide a place where first and foremost Israel might meet with God a place for vertical intersection and only secondarily for horizontal interaction. And so it must still be today. 
Both are important, but it's got to start this way. Always this way. If we're dependent, if we're looking first to people, we're going to be disappointed. We're going to be frustrated. But if we're looking first to Hashem, to the Lord, to the Lord God, to our Yeshua, to our God, our Father, we're, then we're going to have the grace to, for others. And, and we do need each other. We desperately need each other. It's not just me and God. I need each other. But it, it's first vertical, secondly horizontal. It's individually. Individually he dwells, but also collectively we need each other together. It was a tent. It was a temporary dwelling place. We're just passing through here. Hebrews 13, 14 says that we have no lasting city here, but we seek one that is to come. Just like the tabernacle was temporary. I'm a temporary dweller on earth, a stranger on the earth. The psalmist said, don't hide your commandments from me in Psalm 119, verse 19. Lord, you've been our dwelling place from generation to generation. Before the mountains were born, you gave birth to the earth and the world, even from everlasting to everlasting. You are God in Psalm 90, verses 1 and 2. Or 2 Corinthians 5, verses 1 and 2 says, We know that this, if this tent, our earthly home, is torn down, we have a building from God, a home not made with human hands, eternal in the heavens. In this tent... These bodies, we groan, longing to be clothed with our, etern- our heavenly dwelling. And Peter says in 2 Peter 1, I think it right to stir you up with a reminder, as long as I remain alive in this tent of a body, knowing that my death is soon, and our Lord Yeshua the Messiah, as, as our Lord Yeshua the Messiah has made clear to me. The tent, it was a tent. It was temporary. But he said in 25.10, look at 25.10, make an ark, aron. Let's say the word aron. Make an ark, an aron of acacia wood. An ark is aron from light, uh, ora rather, light. The ark is the heart of the tabernacle. Its central feature containing the commandments and this was its main purpose to house God's word today the Aron Kodesh in the synagogue we have our ark here which I think is Christie's dad made right beautiful this beautiful little ark if we had our own synagogue our own building we'd have a one probably built into the wall like synagogues do you know have a beautiful a large one but the ark as you see in the synagogue you can have sometimes several Torahs in the in the ark and so the ark is a wall cabinet, usually housing the Torah scrolls in the synagogue. In verse 16, he says, put the testimony, ha'edah, do rather, the, ver, ver, the uh, vows here, which I will give you into the ark, the decalogue, the two tablets. God's first order of business is to have a place to house his word. God's word, it's uncreated, it's eternal. Testimony, the testimony, ha-edu, is from ud. Ud, let's say ha-edu, there I got it right up there. Ha-edu, or ud, it's from the word, ud means to endure, to continue. God's word endures forever. 
Forever, O Lord, your word stands firm in the heavens. Psalm 119.89. You know, everything else in the tabernacle the people are to make. Think about it. They make, we create. They, they would make. The Israelites would make. The tablets alone, God made. God's word's eternal. Only God, God made that. All flesh is grass. All its loveliness is like the flower of the field. The grass withers. The flower fades. The breath of the Lord blows on it. Surely the people are grass. The grass withers. The flower fades. But the word of our God will what? Stand forever in Isaiah 40 verses 6 through 8. The ark was the central feature and heart of the Mishkan as it housed the tablets of the Decalogue. And it's called... In Exodus 38, 21, the tabernacle, the abode of the testimony. As if to say, the main purpose of the tabernacle was to house God's enduring word. And interestingly, only the ark was later transferred from the tabernacle, the portable tabernacle, to the temple. Now, you would think that the ark would not have been built until there was a structure in which to house it. But it was built before the structure. Now, if you're building a house, your bed's pretty important to you, right? I mean, <laughs> some of us don't sleep a lot. You really like your bed. I like my mattress. Do you like your mattress? But would you place your bed on a site before building your house? Rambam says, one rabbi... Moses spoke first about the ark before the word of God, ark because rather the word of God is infinitely more important than the building where it was stored. The tablets are the reason for the building, not vice versa. Pretty cool, isn't it? Substance before structure. Both are important, but let's not let's have our priorities right. If we value and treasure the Word of God, everything else will follow. Our worship, our outreach, our fellowship, everything will follow. But we've got to value the Word of God first. Where we meet is important, but it's not so important. What's important is what we meet for. For hearing God's Word, for growing in the Word of God together, right? Amen. Amen. Ark, Aron, is derived from ore, light, illuminate. The ark was the container for the word of God, which is the light of humankind. The opening of your words gives light. Your word is a lamp to our feet and a light to my path. The commandments is a lamp and a, and a teaching light. God's word cleanses us. It turns us. We become partakers of the divine nature through the word of God. We battle the enemy through the word. It is written, boom. It is written, it is written, boom, boom. Yeshua defeats the enemy, each, the adversary each time through it. It causes us to grow and bear forth, forth fruit. And you know, and I'll finish with this, the poles in the ark, interestingly enough, the poles in the ark rings were not to be removed for this reason. If they needed to go to war quickly, they could take up the ark, which was very heavy. The ark cover, the cherubs, the tablets made of very heavy material. It was because it was the ark that would protect them and give them victory, not their weapons. The word of God is what defeats and conquers our enemies. Amen? 
And you know, it's beautiful to see in, in this horrible war in Gaza even now that them, them taking the Torahs, they take Torahs with them. They're, they're still celebrating the word of God. They take the word of God because they're trusting not ultimately in their weaponry and in their abilities. They're trusting in the Lord and his word. So Lord, we just thank you so much for what you have given us. We praise you, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for your presence. We love you and we bless you. We thank you, Lord, you want to dwell in us, among us, but in us, Lord, individually, but also collectively. We thank you, O God. We praise you, Lord, for your word abiding in us, Lord. Help us to value what you value. Help us to know what's central, that you are central. We are worshipers of you. We love you. We thank you for loving us, for being the first giver to us, that we only give back to you out of you having given to us first. We love you. If you've never received Yeshua, made that first step, well, he's given his life for you. God has sent his son, the Messiah, as a sacrifice for you, a korbanis, an atonement for you. And he wants to meet you today to come and live inside you and wash you and make you new, cleanse you, give you a new start. Simple prayer, simple prayer, reaching out, Lord God, come into my life. Father, I receive Yeshua, Jesus, come into my life. Make me new. If you're praying that prayer, if you're watching online, please write us. We'll write you back. We'll contact you back. If you're here today, someone will pray with you afterwards. We'll have some prayer folks that would be ready right now to come up. And Yisa Adonai panave lecha, v'yasem lecha shalom, v'shem Yeshua. Oh, I think I left that one. Sorry. Mashiach, sar shalom. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace. In the name of Yeshua, our Messiah, the ruler of peace. Amen. Shabbat Shalom.